You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. Dustin Rhodes and Crawley with you. This one is season one. It's episode number 41. It is the Mervis Express, as Matt Mervis is having a heck of a year for himself and could be on the north side sooner rather than later. And, of course, the owner, Crawley, of the north side team, somebody that you give a lot of your hard-earned money to, Tom Ricketts, wrote a letter to people just like you and I this week and wanted to get your opinion on what you read and what your reaction was. So, you know, it's anytime you have an organization like the Cubs, you have talking points. And these are these are things that are going to be repeated by everybody in the organization. Whether you have Crane Kenny on your show, whether we, you know, whether it's Tom Ricketts in this letter, whether it's Crane, whether it's uh, Jed in the press conferences, um, you know, they, they, they talk very much about certain certain points. Right. So, you know, what are they saying? You know, Tom Ricketts does this annual letter to the season ticket to Cub fans in general. Season ticket holders get it and then the fans get it. Um, But a lot of what I heard was similar to what was said in the Jed Hoyer press conference. How obviously the first half you saw a lack of depth and young players that had to learn to play the game and some of the growing pains that goes on to it. Um, talked about the positive second half, the winning percentage, um, as far as how the uh, pitchers performed in the second half with the 289 ERA. That's obviously a big strong point. The farm system, that that is something, and I think that Tom kind of brought it up a little bit more. But but the fact of how well that the the farm system has performed, and again the, that term that Jed used, positive momentum positive momentum and so he really goes out of his way to talk to talk jet up and 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 i I do think jet has done a good job um you know thanking all of this um he said here my family does not take your loyalty for granted nor our responsibility to be stewards of this beloved franchise so i i would say that and he talks about the london series in 2023 so you know it's a lot, again, the talking points are there. First half, you know, injuries, lack of depth. Second half, great pitching, position players, uh, young players coming up, farm system. So those are the talking points that you're going to see. I don't think, you know, if you were to rank the worst owners in Chicago, I don't think the Ricketts are anywhere close to the top of that list. I think they're pretty pretty good owners. Have I agreed with everything they've said? No. Have I agreed with oh, everything they've done? I, you no. could, I, you could, you could have a good argument Crowley they're the best owners in Chicago I would agree and you could I argue people, they're the best owners in Chicago <laughs> I know people may not agree with that but you know and, and they and, and I understand the frustration level over what happened the last couple of years when we expected to be perennial winners we were supposed to be what the Dodgers are now and it didn't happen and we lost a lot of players that we cared about in a very short amount of time and there were a lot of layoffs and sometimes I think that, you know, you, you have to be as an owner, especially when we were going through the tough times in 2020, everybody, everyone was going through tough times. Nobody wants to hear about biblical losses. Nobody wants to, you know, I I wasn't happy with some of the cuts that they made um, at the organizational level. There are things, but again, you know, owners aren't necessarily the most popular guys all the time. And I think overall compared to what I've experienced in my life, whether it's the Trib or Sam Zell, I am much happier with what I've gotten from ownership and there's always room to improve, but I I, I would say, you know, be careful what you wish for Cub fans because there are some bad owners out there. And uh, I don't think that the, that the Cubs are in that category. 
Absolutely. The best part, Crowley, and I'll be quick on this point, is that I like that the message was simpatico. They, they sounded, as you mentioned, they're, they're talking from the same script. And I've always said I was willing to give them this one more offseason. Okay, one more offseason. But if you come back with a with a Seiya Suzuki type and a I don't even know if there is a, a pitcher like Stroman available in this offseason, but it's got to be more. One of those four or five shortstops that we were talking about needs to like we need to find out that they just turned the Cubs down. Hopefully not, but they better be talking to all of them. They can't let all of them end up on other teams. You need to have a conversation with a guy like Josh Bell and others like that. So, yes, they have to be eating at the big boy table and out of the cry room and at the front row of the church, if you will. Absolutely, and 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 so we'll, we'll, we'll take a look. Like I said, the starting pitching, I'm not super nervous about. I mean, if they didn't get a starting pitcher, and we'll talk about this at a later podcast, but the, the, the free agent class is not that great. I'm not about spending money just to spend money. Okay, if there's a guy, like I said, when you told me Carlos Correa, yeah, I'm really interested. I've seen a proven track record. I know that guy's a winner. I know that he can perform. That's what I want. I don't want them to get, you know, Justin Verlander, so, you know, so to speak, or something like that, just to spend. I don't think that's a smart move either. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, we do have some sad news in the world of Cub fandom today. Uh, the passing of Hall of Famer Bruce Suter at the age of 69 from cancer. Um, at one time, he led, he led this NL and saves five times. Um, Suter was struggling in the minors for the Cubs in the Cubs system when minor league pitching coach Fred Martin taught him the split finger fastball in the spring of 1973 for the podcast listeners out there. That is a pitch that looks exactly like a fastball coming out of the hand, coming down and at the last second dives down. And once he learned that pitch, he, he makes his major league debut in 76 and he all of a sudden just is a great closer. He was on some bad, bad, bad Cubs teams. But in 1979, he won the NL Cy Young Award when he saved record tying 37 games. And that was at a time where nobody cared about relievers. And so to get that Cy Young as a Cub in 79 was amazing. He will be traded to rival St. Louis for Leon Durham and Ken Reitz. He is going to help the Cardinals win, I believe, the 82 World Series. So he was the closer on the mound when the Cardinals win. And then, you know, for people of my age, I know I don't remember Suter very much as a Cub. I've seen video. I've seen old clips. But the thing that I remember Suter both for was as being the pitcher who gave up two home runs to Ryan Sandberg on yeah, June 23rd, 1984. Yeah. The Sandberg game. Right. Uh, it's Bob Costas. Sand it's a Sandberg game. It's baseball on Channel Five. National National Game of the Week when you didn't have all the devices and all the apps that we see base every baseball player whenever we want at a click of a button. Yeah, I mean he was a na nasty. He was he was either old school nasty. You know he kind of looked a little unkept, a little dirty if you will, out there on the mound. Right, the hair sticking out of the back of the of the cap, the little facial hair kind of going every which way. Um, yeah, I, I I was shocked by that news. Felt terrible. I'm sure you. I have not ever met him or been around him. I'm sure you have at different Cubs events that you happen to be at. But everything that everybody is saying today that I am seeing on social media is nothing but good things and high praise for a Bruce Suter. 
Yeah, I got to I got to talk to Suter a couple of times, and and I tried not and I didn't really bring up the Samberg game too much, but uh, you know just talked to him and he's he was a very nice man and and I definitely have some uh, he's definitely in my memorabilia collection. So you know obviously we send our condolences to his family and we uh, wish nothing but the best uh, and, and thank Bruce for the years of uh, that he played for the Cubs. Well, Crowley, the uh, divisional round of the playoffs is in full swing. We've got a couple of series that are 1-1. The Astros are the only ones with a 2-0 lead as we sit here right now, but we've got a trifecta of games happening today as we uh, record this podcast. So quickly, um, who are you seeing? Who have you been impressed with? Let's not run these games until we get back with everybody on Monday where we might have some definitive answers or we will be on the cusp of having some series-defining Game 5s either on Monday or right around the corner. So who have you seen so far? Who have you been most impressed with? And are you still comfortable with your picks? Uh, I'm getting a little bit nervous. I, 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 I said L.A. and New York was what I originally – or I'm sorry, Houston and L.A. And so, I mean, uh, you take a look. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously Houston is very impressive, and so I think that looks pretty good. Um as far as Cleveland and New York, you know, we just found out the game just ended and now, and the Yankees have tied the series. So that is shocking. I warned everybody that, that you had a very good team with Cleveland. All you need is a couple big hits when you have that pitching and defense. As far as the Phillies in Atlanta, you know, you take a look and, and the Phillies, I thought a lot of the teams that very first round, we talked about the layoff from the divisions, from the wild card series, those people that had the buys, I think all of them looked flat. And so that is one where um, Atlanta kind of came out really flat and then they roared back at the end, but fell a little bit short after falling behind. But I think Atlanta's showing that they're, I think Atlanta's going to continue and move on. San Diego and well, LA. Just, just, to, just, to, just to let you know, Crowley, I, I know we're recording this and our focus is on this, but right now, okay, right now the game is 6 Nothing in favor of the Phillies. Harper with a two-run home run. Schwarber on base with a, during a three-run home run. Six-nothing Phillies, bottom of the third in Philadelphia. I'm glad I said that on the last time when you asked me my predictions. I said, no way Phillies <laughs> pulling this off twice. And, uh, you know? Crazy, right? I mean, that's what's so fun about it, though, right? That is what's so fun about it. I've been pulling for the Phillies just because of Kyle Schwarber, and so far he has stunk out loud. He has not had a good series whatsoever. I've enjoyed getting to see the Dodgers and Padres. Those are two teams that I don't get to see a lot with my crazy hours. So I've enjoyed seeing that. I really can't get on board with the Astros. I still find them to be cheaters, even though I know a lot of the parties involved are gone. But here's the good thing. I like the fact that these are series. It hasn't been as chalky as I've expected. So that's good. That's entertaining. It's good baseball. It's competitive. And that's what I hope it is. I, I hope it goes back to LA with a game five on the line, right? I hope the Padres are able to win one down in San Diego, and then it forces potentially that game five. Um, I can't stand the tribe, though. I, I, I want the I want the Yankees to win. I mean, I don't know why you would pitch to Ramirez, and they did it again. The Yankees got up two nothing early in that game. I, I said we weren't going to go through it, but let's put it this way: the good news, Crowley, <laughs> is, is it's entertaining, right? And it's all about being entertained. That's what it's about right now. Be entertained and take a look at some guys that potentially. We, as Cub fans, could poach off of these teams in free agency and make them Cubs, and then those guys can help the Cubs get into this position this time next year. 
Dustin, what makes the postseason so interesting is that, you know, the best teams usually get into the postseason. That doesn't necessarily mean the best teams win these series. Sometimes it is getting hot, and that's, you know, whether all of a sudden Philly's found a new gear, I don't know whether Atlanta got cold at the wrong time, you know, and, and we talked about San Diego and L.A. as far as one of those classic rivalry series throughout the records. You kind of knew San right. Diego with their stars – that's that's a team that that if all of a sudden they got hot, they have a lot of firepower on that team. So I'm very excited, and I've enjoyed the postseason very much so far. All right, Crowley, this is a wrap. Season 1, Episode 41, the Mervis Express is off and running. We're going to keep our eyes on that for you guys all fall and winter long. What's going to happen with Matt Mervis? Maybe he'll be a Cubs kind and be a good guy to get a picture with or an autograph with, if you will. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the baseball. And Crowley and I will be back with you guys early next week for a wrap of the divisional round of the MLB playoffs. And if you're interested and you want to keep up with everything, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, FlyTheW670, on Facebook at FlyTheW, and on uh, you can email us at FlyTheW670 at gmail.com. Go, you Darvish. Go, you Darvish. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs>